0: Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod. All right, the Westside Personalized Podcast has made its way over to Loveland Elementary School today, Uh, first podcast actually at Loveland, so I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to share some of the great personalized learning work that's going on over here with Jamie Commandle and learning a little bit about uh, the spelling website that she and a number of our teachers across the district had the opportunity to put together for second grade. We've had a chance to take some of our phonics and foundational skills and create a website that uh, teaches and reinforces uh, the ways in which we Go about direct instruction with those concepts in the classroom but also provides choice uh, with regards to activities and pace uh, across that and also makes hopefully for a little bit easier teacher experience because you won't have to plan something for each every week uh, and so jamie welcome to the podcast thank
1: you uh,
0: i appreciate you taking the time to visit with us a little bit today and share your story and so Kind of, to, for people that don't know, you can get your background uh, in education a little bit, uh, how many years teaching, and, and where you've been, and, and that kind of thing.
1: Okay. Yeah, I went to um, the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, got my bachelor's there, and then I taught in Lincoln for two years. And I taught kindergarten in a title building and then looped up with that class and taught them first grade, and then decided to move back to Omaha and come back to Westside. And I've taught second grade at Loveland since then, probably 11 years, I think I've been here now kind of my past. I do have my master's in
0: reading, so. Oh, nice. So, so kind of like, really is pretty in line with, mm-hmm. like, I think, yeah, well, you're wired a little bit. I know what the elementary people say. I have my subject that is kind of my in my wheelhouse and ones mm-hmm. that I have gotten pretty good at. But yeah, that's cool that it's uh, something that you're passionate about, obviously.
1: Yep. Reading's
0: my thing. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. And so uh, the development of this spelling site that we put together, which was a pretty big undertaking to to, to be able to load an entire years worth of spelling lists and activities and everything online and and we're creating this podcast honestly to share uh, this resourcing and and let the people listening in have a little bit of an understanding of the backstory behind it kind of the purpose of the different steps uh, and then also maybe some thoughts as as far as implementation goes and what to expect and, and those kind of things. So just a preview for anybody listening, that's, that's where this is going. Um, so our story really starts with our personalized learning training mm-hmm. when we had an opportunity to brainstorm about this first time. What do you kind of remember from that initial conversation and us getting, getting started with this as an idea?
1: Well, we were kind of trying just to just figure out what we could do and add something new to personalize the learning for our second graders across the district. And we came up with spelling, because that's something that with our spelling that we do every day, and every week that goes into word work during our guided reading centers and so we wanted something to personalize their learning for that and give them some voice and choice during their center time but to also boost their spelling skills so we kind of sat down and brainstormed a couple of us and decided that let's go with spelling and start there and then we can branch off and move on to other subjects too
0: yeah and it was something i remember too whenever i first came over here to loveland and we sat down and talked about what this might look like Uh, I instantly kind of ran over to Rockbrook uh, because their third grade team had put together a website um, that had some similarities to what we eventually ended up doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, this design was different because of the way in which second grade teaches these concepts. uh, And some of those activities were vastly different from the things that third grade were doing. And so, um, can you kind of talk a little bit about what the practice for spelling and word work looked like Prior to this, so we can kind of get a contrast, or at least understand how those pieces sort of made their way into the website and then grew in, in regards to choice.
1: Sure. So with spelling, we have on Monday, at least at Loveland, on Monday we do a pretest, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday we practice for about fifteen minutes each day, talking about the vowel pairs, um, prefixes, suffixes, all of those different parts of words, and then Friday we do a post test, and so. We would take that practice into our guided reading centers, and they would have to do one word work job each day. And at Loveland, we had them do, like, ABC order and writing the word three times every Monday, but with each week's new spelling list. Mm -hmm. And then every Tuesday, they had a job Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It was a different job, but it was the same organizer each week and it kind of got monotonous and so that's kind of why we wanted to do something different and so we pulled some of those activities into the spelling website but then added a whole bunch more so
0: yeah and if uh if you'd like to check out the website as you're listening to this or after or before uh, you can kind of get a better sense of how it's laid out but essentially what we did was we put a main page together that has all 30 lists on there Uh, and you could click on those at any time um, and then that will take you to the word bank or the list for the particular that particular week. Uh, and we really wanted to make sure we brought those fundamental skill activities and the routines like into the website. Uh, and so with each list, there is a video. Uh, thanks to Ali Pontius, students, uh, and her as well, kind of. She went through and recorded one for every word, which is a lot of words.
1: Yes, it is.
0: 16 words times 30 lists.
1: Yep, that's (laughs) a lot.
0: (laughs) So, uh, And they went through and would say the word and then spell it out and say the word again so that uh, learners could act. Like, there was a consistency or fidelity between how it's taught in class and the resources that were provided online, Mm -hmm. uh, along with the definition, and and so that's kind of on that first page once you go to the, the particular lesson. Uh, And then from there, it gets into a a set of activities for the week. And so what did that element sort of bring? Maybe just in design, and we can talk about application or like what it was like when they actually got into that later. But kind of we want to talk through the workflow of the activities and how that was a little bit different from what had happened in class.
1: Yep. So like I said earlier, in past, we had them do a job each day during word work. And so now what we did is we went through each list and decided which activities. I can't remember if there was. 16 or 18 different ones that we have now but we would pick about four for the week that they have to they can use those to choose from that would match those word lists the best and so then they have a packet and so they have to do there's first um, the first two pages they have to do those jobs so they have to write the word twice and then write each word in a sentence then once they get done with that they can go and pick out of those activities that match the words the word list um, for that week and so we went through and we're trying to be very mindful of which activities we wanted them to do for those word lists each week.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was great then we had an opportunity on our half day to sort of build some videos yes. um, <laughs> to allow students to receive directions. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think about instructional videos as it pertains to education and all we wanted are things that deliver content 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 and those pieces are great. Uh, but sometimes it's it's as helpful just to have a video that gets people started or gives them a reinforcement so you're not answering the same questions ten times to just get people to, to begin an activity uh, so that you the shift then for you as the educator becomes now the questions I'm answering are ones that are extending learning that are you know really authentic to trying to delve into a particular topic or just even classroom management mm-hmm. uh, Because there is that piece there to field the 10 questions that you (laughs) might otherwise get. And if you're going to have students control a pace, that piece is pretty essential. Mm You kind of have to have something like that uh, around. And so so they can move through these steps, right, into this, like, choice step three, or they they can do ghost spelling or ABC order or or that. Um, And then there's kind of an extension step four even for people that finish early. And so what are some of the pieces that we put together uh, for that?
1: Sure, so once they get their um, must-dos and then their choice jobs, then they can go down, if you click down below on activities, you can do Quizlets that we've created for each week, or you can go on to Spelling City, and it takes you directly to the Spelling City site with our word list already uploaded. And so the kids are really motivated to get through their word work job, and then they can bump to that, and then they get to do that the rest of the week if they finish early, and they're very motivated to do it. Even my kids who struggle... Work their hardest to get through it, so that they can go and do the Spelling mm-hmm. City and the Quizlets. Uh,
0: that's important to have that kind of carrot mm-hmm. <laughs> to help drive them through. And uh, and I love I love the Quizlet assessment piece too. And that was something we just sort of found in trying to think about that step four, um, because you can type in a sentence. That has a blank in there and so that essentially they could like see the word in context it will read the word or say the word out loud to them so they can hear it we put pictures in there also to sort of suggest you know what that word is if they get they get stuck uh and that that also was an investment of time
1: yes it was but it's really a nice investment of time because our english language learners and some kids who just aren't quite sure what the word means or how to use it properly in a sentence, that really solidifies that for them because it gives them a really strong example that they should be able to understand Mm -hmm. at the second grade level.
0: Yeah, and I, I like that that comes as step four because the initial thing, write the word out, and then you yeah, have it put in a sentence, and that's kind of something unique to you, and you can craft those, I would imagine. And then when we get to the ABC order and go spelling and those things again, we're just kind of writing it out. But now that's that step four really puts it in context, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I like that it. it has that like component to it with the auditory piece as well. Yeah. Uh, and so that's really about as far as my like understanding of what what has gone on with this piece. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is something that we all collaborate on in design. Uh, you've had a chance to put this into practice and in action. And, and I guess before we even get to it, too, we should say that there, there's a packet that goes with this. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself. We've talk about the packet, I guess. A little uh, bit. Yeah. yeah.
1: So with the packet, we put all of our pieces together in order with that cover sheet up, up front. It's the very first thing they see. And then it, they have a checklist for each day and each job for what they need to get done. And so then teachers also can go back and look to see what day they got each job done, which is kind of a nice component for me. So then I know who's working and how far they're working each day and whatnot. But the packet's really nice because everything's right there. And they don't have to get up and out of their seats because it's already in their reading journal, which is held in their reading box, uh, their book box. And so they have it, and that's what they bring to centers every day. And everything is right there. Other than their iPad, they use their iPad with this as well. Mm -hmm. But um, the packet's really nice because it's all right there, ready to go. And once they're done, I can send it home and show the parents how well they did and um, maybe some skills that they need to work on still or whatnot. But, But with the packet, they use the website obviously as well. And so like with the videos at the beginning where it tells you what the word is and it breaks it apart... Those are used every day. The kids really like to go and listen to them. Even if they can already read the words, they still like to go and listen to them. And it's nice to see a student their age pull apart those words and sound mm-hmm. them out and whatnot. And so it's really, it's kind of nice for them to see that. But then also to see the teachers that they know on the video. And so they really <laughs> yeah. like that. And so I hear, oh, that's Mrs. Commandle. so Or that's Mrs. Rin And so they get excited about that. But
0: uh, So many good things in all that you shared there, too. One of the... I love that we got to that place in our conversations ahead of time and had a, l- a little bit of foresight enough to say, we don't want this just to be about choice. We want it to be about choice and ownership through the choice. like mm-hmm. that they have the So agency is something we focus on with personalized learning a lot. Uh, and I think it comes from that next tier, that, that piece of saying, okay, uh, not only can you go at your own pace, but let's be intentional about that. So set up what days you'd like to get to things or at least understand where you are in the process and... So having that checklist on there each and every day is, is I think, great for the learner, and but also it sounds like really good for the educator to mm-hmm. be able to kind of keep tabs because if people are all over, you kind of want to know where they're at.
1: Yep, and it's kind of nice too. On Mondays we set our goal, so and yeah, the kids set the their own goal because it's it's their it's their job. They know what they have to get done by Friday. And they've got about 20 minutes each day to work on it. And so they set their own goal. And, of course, at the beginning they were like, well, I'm getting done on Monday. Well, then they learned as they worked through things that's a little bit far-fetched, too much work to do in one day. But they kind of learned as a couple weeks went by that, okay, what if maybe by Wednesday I have all my must-dos and my choice work done? So then mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, I get to do my what they call the fun part, but which is the Quizlet or the um, Spelling City, but so yeah. they're learning and they're learning how to pace themselves and kind of make good goals that are attainable for them.
0: Oh, and that is personalization, mm-hmm. right? Like choice has to happen to make that possible. Uh, but whenever you're becoming so reflective and intentional and purpose-driven learning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and when it's the learner that's doing that, I just think that's such such a powerful. That's what we're all about. That's mm-hmm. like why we are creating these pieces in the first place, and. So, in addition to that, then another point from your like previous comment, I love that we still have a tactile like piece to this, and so I think that there's a temptation to throw everything online and try to make everything digital. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I love blended in the learning in the sense that you're able to still have those things because I do think that there is something to retention when it comes to actually putting pencil to paper. Oh
1: yes, and we in second grade are still working on handwriting and Mm -hmm. making sure their letters are written correctly and legibly and all that. And so that really helps us see that they're doing it the right way the first time. And so with spelling comes writing. And so we want them to be able to physically use a pencil and paper to write it because then they're going to have to take that into their writing. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to have both. We wanted to have a mixture where they they could do it on the iPad, but they also have to write it down on pen and paper so that we can see it and have something to show parents as well.
0: Yeah, and the, the iPad and really the website become a, a resource mm-hmm. for the activity. It's not where the activity is necessarily housed until you get to step four, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I like encouraging them to think about using those situations to sort of drive what they're doing. I'm gonna ask this question then. Uh, how were they at using the videos to direct their own activities?
1: it it took a little bit of practice okay yeah that's and what so, i would imagine a little bit because the first day i kind of just showed him the website showed him the packet walked him through it and i'm like here you go try it out problem solve mm-hmm. try to answer your questions before you come up and ask and um most of them were really hesitant they're like wait wait, wait, wait. i want to ask this question and so we talked about you know this is this is for you i want you to try to problem solve this and so they would go and click on the video and some of them they had to kind of watch again a yep. couple times and then now they've gotten through most of them so now they're like oh I'm going to choose ghost spelling and I'm going to choose um, ABC order and so now they just kind of they look at their options and they boom they're ready to go but they there was some hesitancy and now there's not they're really mm-hmm. actually excited about it and they look forward to seeing what the, the four activities are each week and,
0: cool. and they like
1: that they change each week they're not the same so mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's important to bring up because we did have, yeah, 12, I don't know, 15, 16 I can't remember (laughs) how many. Right? But we we made sure that every week there's a, like, we're mixing and matching those. Mm -hmm. And so you might see two weeks in a row the same one. I don't think we actually set up that, but just hypothetically speaking, uh, but at least those other activities are going to switch so that, like you said, it keeps it fresh Mm -hmm. um, and we're not getting, like, monotonous with things, uh, hopefully too much at least, and, Um, So with that piece in place, then what were some, like, do you have any takeaways, I guess, from actually implementing this that you're like, oh, I didn't think that was going to be an issue and it sort of is? Usually when you, like, do something in practice, there's one revision piece that you would kind of get to, and there's also one thing that you were like, I didn't realize that was going to be a benefit, but wow, that really was a nice payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, were there anything like that in your experience?
1: Well, some of these jobs, like synonyms and antonyms, those were kind of tricky because some words, it's really hard to come up with those or the rhyming. And so the kids were talking about, well, can I do a nonsense word for like rhyming, for instance? And so our, our goal for them is to be able to find an actual word that they can rhyme sure. with or a synonym or an antonym. But um, mainly for the rhyming, some of them they had to come up with nonsense words. And so that was kind of caught us up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, something we might want to kind of look at and maybe change the activity. Uh, But some of them, it's just one word on a list that would throw them off. So um, that was one thing that kind of caught us up a little bit. Mm -hmm.
0: And I know we, when we were all working together, we got to one where it was like an antonym, but July was one of the words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to give an example, uh, we probably, I mean, I guess, what do you want to say? December. <laughs>
1: That's kind of what like, we talked about. So we're like, we'll right. think about the weather and think about what it's like in July versus something that would be opposite. And so yeah. like, oh, snow. Well, when does it snow typically? And mm-hmm. so then they kind of had that conversation. So it boosted conversations amongst the kids. Oh, wow. um, so it looked like they might have been off task, but really they weren't. They were having those meaningful discussions on, well, what would an antonym for this be? Or mm-hmm. can I come up with a real word or a nonsense word for this? And so... Kind of spurring some conversation amongst them, and they are really working together on it.
0: That's so great. They're eight years old. Mm-hmm. Some of them <laughs> not
1: even yet. Some right? are still seven.
0: So. Yeah, uh, and sometimes you know, I, and that's why I'm just so passionate about sharing that this work can happen in K1, 2, 3, because I, you hear personalized learning and you hear agency, and and the videos we share in our training are all secondary students articulating, you know, their experience and. Uh, It has been so rewarding, though, to see these very same things happening with our five, six, seven, Mm -hmm. eight-year-olds because it's possible. It just looks different, and it doesn't have to be all the time. I don't think that we would advocate for switching every single facet of your day to this Mm -hmm. style, but to problem-solve sometimes, to be self-paced, to Mm -hmm. be able to set goals, to... Just all the benefits that come from that, and then when you get stuck to see your peers as resources, which I'm hearing in what you're talking about, uh, are all, uh, those are the takes that we want to start to have consistently across that K-12 experience, and that's Mm -hmm. so cool. Uh, I'm just amped to hear this going on.
1: (laughs) Well, that's kind of nice, too, because our kids who do struggle with reading, who do see reading interventionists every day, they see us every day for guided reading. They're using those spelling practice pages that we're working on in the videos and all of those things, and then they're applying that, and so we're seeing it weeks past, you know, weeks later, that they're like, oh, I know that word pair, or oh, I know that suffix, so I know I can pick apart this word and figure it out. And so it's working, and it's starting to spur those, those thoughts and those memories in these young kids who do struggle with reading or speech, and it's really starting to show some growth with that which is really exciting for us as educators so
0: that's great so you had kind of the one revision comment is it was there some sort of is that maybe that would be one take in mm-hmm. the way that it's like helped
1: um I think too that with them getting to choose their choices that's just huge for them because they're so used to just being told here's what we're doing Here's how you're going to do it. Here's the tools that you're going to use. Mm-hmm. Well, now with some of them, like ghost spelling is, of course, the favorite of everybody. Oh, and
0: that video is my favorite. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome.
1: And the kids love it.
0: Yeah. Adults own, do too. My own, uh, it's because my daughter's is second grade and I showed her the website and uh, when I showed her that video, she was like, mm, that's kind of creepy. My son, who's five, was like, Hey, can we watch that one more time? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so. My son, who was five at the time, too, thought that. So, um, But the kids, um, they kind of you typically don't have a white crayon with you, so that was kind of a learning thing with us, too, that, oh, we better make sure we have white crayons. White crayons so I'll probably buy some this summer for next year just to yeah. make sure we have them. But the kids really like the videos, too, where we have a model of it, and so the kids can see an adult showing an example of what to do and – they think that's kind of nice, and it helped them out on some of them on what oh, to do.
0: That's good. And those videos are all, I mean, less than a minute for the most part. I would say oh, typically yeah. 30 seconds mm-hmm. probably. But uh, uh, if anyone's listening and would want to create video content, I, I can't advocate more. For that K3, make your video less than a minute. And I, you probably see that in the classroom, mm-hmm. but just uh, from what exposure I've had to it, that's pretty imperative. Yep.
1: And it's nice that they can re-watch it if they weren't quite sure, mm-hmm. so they can go back and hit play again, and then they, it gives them more of an idea of what to do, and then they don't feel like they have to come up and ask and, and interrupt a guided reading group to talk to the teacher and whatnot.
0: So. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure that we always think about that as a skill, but I would advocate that that absolutely is mm-hmm. a like lifelong learning skill. <laughs> to start to not only see video as a as a way to learn, but then to understand that the benefit of video is the ability to go back to like re you know visit portions that you didn't understand, uh, and to let it sort of yeah guide you even if you need to pause it you know to mm-hmm. to make sure that you get all the steps down. I. I've uh, worked a little bit with Spanish here as of late and we created some video content for that and the analytics on it, coming back from YouTube, which is really fun. You can go in there and see watch time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the average watch time for one of those Spanish videos uh, was 112%. Wow. Which means they were <laughs> using it in exactly the way. You know, the average person was saying I need, to, I know that I need to go back and, and review parts of this and so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was uh, just really good feedback for what That the videos are being used for their potential, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in that capacity.
1: But then we've also got our kids creating videos, too, that if they get done early, they're like, well, can I create a video to show my parents what I did and how I did it? So then they're creating their own, showing their learning and explaining the directions to their parents. So then they see it, too, and it's taking them no time to make it
0: what are they using to make this
1: they they kind of just I kind of let them go and choose and pick an app on your iPad and and whatnot but I use seesaw a lot and so sometimes they'll just go into seesaw and create it there and take some you know screenshots of their work and then create their own voiceover on that or they'll just take a video of themselves they've used pic collage they've used book creator sometimes some of them have taken a screenshot and then they video record what they did, how they did it, and then they'll show themselves writing it just like we had the video of us doing it. And so it's that's pretty so cool, cool to see them taking that ownership. And yeah, I mean, some of those videos we could probably put in the website because the kids made them and they're pretty good.
0: So that would be, oh, I would love to put those on there too. Cause that's, oh, that's another thing I advocate for all the time is that if you're asking them to be creative, which I'm, that's awesome that they're just choosing to be creative with this. Mm-hmm. It's important that we as educators model some of what's possible at least with that and, and invest the time to do something like that on our own mm-hmm. uh, and so how cool of it they see you as being a content creator uh, and you said to that they're like oh my gosh here's my teacher mm-hmm. kind of thing and uh, I know with video I bring this point up sometimes but I get really nerdy about social video production and that like a screencast is great so do a screencast if nothing else like just start there there's so many ways to do that with QuickTime or screencast-o-matic or screencastify but then they have done studies where if there's a person in the video, engagement goes up, mm-hmm. uh, which is why like a screencastomatic or a screencastify like can act, you actually will be you can turn your computer camera on and you'll be in the corner of the screen. well uh, we made our own videos, and so there are like cuts to uh, like the teacher uh, speaking. But if it's somebody they know, engagement goes up even more than that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's cool that they were like all jazzed about seeing you in there. Um, and so the commitment to make these pieces has a benefit not only in their engagement of learning from the video itself but also in how they see you as being a creator of content and what that means like culture wise for the class i think in terms of valuing that and saying hey sometimes you, like you can make stuff on your own um mm-hmm. to lead other people because uh, we learn from examples so often uh and it's cool that they're like mimicking like as a child when you would say that you were going to you want to be a teacher someday Right For us, it would be, I'm going to get a chalkboard out and I'm mm-hmm. going to write on this chalkboard and play teacher. And it's interesting to think that they're playing teacher by creating online video content to lead others through activities. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and a lot of the times too, their videos or their screenshots and the way that they're explaining their learning or explaining their work is teaching their parents. Because sometimes we're teaching like math skills and spelling skills differently than how I even as a child learned. And so it's kind of teaching the parents, too. And so it's pretty cool that the kids are taking that ownership of their learning and their excitement about it and then explaining it then to their parents. And it's pretty cool.
0: And I don't know the answer to this question, but have you had any parents uh, who have accessed the site and seen some of the content we have on there, or is it more so just things that are housed here?
1: We haven't sent it out to parents um, solely because um, we could, but I think some of our kids would then just completely work ahead and do it at home.
0: <laughs> I could see and that. then when
1: they come to class to do it, then they'd be kind of
0: not yeah. as engaged. That's um, a good point.
1: But the parents have been, we've gotten great feedback about the packets and the, word that's com- the work that's coming home. Because it's it's just different. It's not so monotonous. And mm-hmm. so they're excited about it. So then they're excited on Fridays to take it home and show mom and dad and um, show them their work and explain what they did and talk about the word parts. And so they're pulling out that teacher language and then becoming yeah. the teacher themselves. But parents, we've gotten great feedback on it.
0: That's cool. Huh? Well, uh, I think anyone listening in would hopefully at least be curious enough about this. Like, I don't know if we mm-hmm. need to, like, because sometimes I close a podcast by saying, hey, you know, if you we're trying to get somebody out, like, who's on the fence to invest in this. But I, I feel like in listening to this, you just need to check it out.
1: Mm, it's a really cool website, and the kids love it. And it's easy to follow. It's easy, easy to manage, easy to to plan for mm-hmm. so each week we're not planning something new and it's already done and we just yeah. make sure we have the copies and they're ready to go
0: so i will kind of close by saying this if i were to ask i'm putting on the spot personalized learning wise what where do you see maybe going next
1: oh gosh, so we've there's... had a lot of
0: conversations about math and just different like aspects of and i know we just got done going needed to need it too, and sometimes mm-hmm. that sparks ideas and so uh, i'm excited to continue in this role and being able to help teachers and we'll still have like time to allocate next year to developing things um, so I always like hearing what
1: it's a hard question to answer because there's so many pathways we could take but I mean we could pull in math we've talked a lot about math with story problems um, science there's a lot of new vocabulary new experiments with our new science curriculum social studies an easy one that we could boost um, with some different personalized learning choices there so we could go anywhere it's hard to choose one <laughs> thing yeah. um, but I think anything we go through, the kids are going to be excited about because they get get to choose. There's voice and choice in that. And Mm
0: -hmm.
1: even as an adult, it's nice to have that voice and choice. So I don't know if I could pick just one. It's (laughs) kind of hard. But maybe math. There's a lot lot to math that we could really extend on a lot of different topics.
0: What would you say reflecting on your own experience and developing a personalized experience for your students? What was different about that versus...
1: For for me, it was kind of learning some different tools on because I've never created a website before, and so it was it was great learning experience for me. I had to kind of step out on a limb and get out of my comfort zone, which is a good thing for yeah. adults and students. Yep. Um. And so maybe being feeling a little uncomfortable was a good thing, and uh, it was a smooth process and easy to do. We just had to kind of learn the tools and. Um, it was fun. That was kind of, you know, you're creating something for your own kids that you're going to use mm-hmm. year after year. And so it was fun. I would be all for doing it again.
0: <laughs> I, I love, I think anytime you get pushed out of your comfort zone, for some people at least, there comes like an excitement with the unexpected, right? You're not mm-hmm. sure how it's going to be received. not sure what it's going to look like yet. Kind of can nerd out and get uh, really invested in what's going on. Because there's sort of that like anticipation of when this finally rolls out. What's it going to be like? And uh, I know sometimes with personalized stuff, there's a lot of work on the front end, mm-hmm. um, but then it's so rewarding once it gets going. Yeah, that's typically uh, I get that feedback sometimes from people. Is it like, oh, there came a point where I was like, is this really worth <laughs> like all the effort? And then once they implement, they're like, when can we do this again? Kind of thing.
1: yeah I didn't mind the work because I knew it was going to be meaningful, and we made sure that the activities and everything they had to do was going to be meaningful, so I was just more excited to see the the end product. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. Let's get it going. And then when, you know, my husband's an educator, so then when I took it home and started showing him, he's like, oh, well, I can pull that into math and just switch certain things with that, and so it was kind of nice to see, you know, other people being able to share in that process, too, so...
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, your efforts, and all the energy that you put into it. I'm so excited to share this podcast, and our website as a resource. And so if you have any questions, uh, you can email us at personalized.learning at westside66.net. And I'll look forward to maybe what we get a chance to build next. Yes, I can't wait. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the West Side Personalized Podcast.